Hello. It's been quite some time, hasn't it, my friends? A long, long time, a long pause. Where has Dr. Despair been, you might wonder? Well, <clears throat> I've renamed the lair to be called The Depths. And I've been doing some remodeling. Um, it's looking pretty good, actually. It's a big mess. What can you say? Everything I have in my life is kind of disordered, I suppose you might say. And shouldn't the depths of despair be also a little disordered? Um, you know, that, I, I shouldn't include the ones I love in this disordered list of disordered things. Uh, because they're not disordered. But um, they're ordered, I think. If ordered's a good thing. Maybe they're just a little disordered, just enough to make people interesting, you know. Um, here we are. Yeah, spring has sprung. Um, I have a little bit of sad news. Um, that the uh, most uh, beloved of the guests um, we ever had on this podcast uh, has passed away. That's my St. Helena um, back in February. Um which kind of explains some of the absence here. And that's been a little bit of a rough go to start again with the podcasting. But, um, you know, I think St. Helena would have wanted me to continue. Uh, it was always a pleasure to have uh, her on. Um, she was a very kindly soul. Um, she loved to converse with uh, just about everyone. Um, she could... Being on an airplane or something like that, she would often come back with the entire story of that person's life and the life stories of all the other people that that person had ever met. So um, those would be long plane rides um, back to uh, her home country of Australia. Um, and she is missed. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's, but I think to myself, um, this is the, uh, the first, let's say, close family member that I've lost. Um, and it can be, uh, I guess, difficult. But many of you out there have lost close family members. And it's funny that we don't talk more about these people and these events, which are some of the largest in our lives. But we don't share big events uh, with each other very much. Uh, we talk about not the personal events in our lives, but... We mostly talk about the big world events. And in addition to that, I tend to talk about my plans for world conquest and things like that. But that makes sense. And that, that will affect you and me and everybody. And everyone we know will all be affected by that world conquest when it happens. I mean, you're going to see it uh, again. Uh, you know, I've told people many times. I, I have no, I, you know, the whole death rate thing, you know, which I've had to rename the seriously disturb Ray or something like that. I'm kind of still working on it uh, because um, nobody's funding the death rate. I think because they think I might use it and it was just never intended to be used. It was just intended to be uh, threatened with. And then the mind control thing, which it was going to be, um, let's see. I, I think I was going to rename the mind control. Uh, well, it was just a device and I didn't invent it. I'm looking for the inventor of that micro advice but i think uh, if i get it i'm gonna rename it something uh, you know like the gentle persuasion device or something like that or, or or the um kind of helpful suggestion device something like that 
Uh, I think those are kind of branding is a very important thing. And I know that from my friends at the, um, at, at the blissful co in Missouri city, Kansas, we've been talking a lot about marketing and marketing strategies and things and what really it takes to get the whole world domination thing off the ground and moving forward. Branding is so critical for that. I've, I think I've got a great look. I think I've got a good voice. I think I've got brilliant ideas. Um, but it's really hard to get people on board when your name is Dr. Despair. But I mean, I got to live with that now. That's that's my choice. I chose to be Dr. Despair. Um, I hadn't thought about the branding, but I don't even know what would be a good brand. Uh, so it's really like the whole lifestyle around Dr. Despair. And I'm, you know, I'm, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with some, some really clever things uh, in the last few months. I'm working on a book. Uh, you know, we discussed the hermit crab here on the podcast and, um, you know, so that's, that's starting to take shape. Um, I had a chance for some people to look at the hermit crab book and I can, I can read an excerpt. I, I think maybe a brief excerpt, um, just to see how this thing is, is, uh, kind of sounding. Um, uh, let's see, what's a good section. I got, I got it right up here. Cause I got, uh, you know, it's on Google and everything and, um, yeah, so, um, ah, shoot. Uh, boy, I don't want to read that one. Ooh, okay. Uh, nope, 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 nope. That's, that's taken out of context. That's bad. Um, wow. Uh, well, hey, here's, here's a good part. This is in chapter two. Um, a little section, but it kind of has a lot to do with just the way I feel. It's kind of like from my heart to you guys, I think. Um, and it's a little, 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 just, uh, you know, it's called, the section's called how to plan a research project. <clears throat> and, and here I go. Ready? You're ready for, for Dr. Despair. Um, giving you a little excerpt of his future book. And, and this really is. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I always have to clear my throat before I read. I don't know what that is. It's got to be something that probably from my childhood, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. But I, here we go. We ended the last chapter at a pretty good place, but there remains an important question. Where should we begin? Well, that all depends. Begin what? Simple. Our mental wandering. As we noted, the location of the beginning of a wanderer is not as important as the wanderer itself, so we can really begin anywhere. Well, that is well and good, but Beginning is often the hardest part. It requires some additional thought. How is it we should begin? By starting. By commencing. By getting on with it. Yes, but how do we do that? Well, by getting down to brass tacks, rolling up our sleeves, girding up our loins, putting our socks on before our walking boots or boogie shoes, placing one foot in the front of the other and hop out there on the road again, less traveled. Anyway, that's a brief excerpt of just, you know, two paragraphs. In a, in a longer tome. I'm in chapter four and um, boy, I'm struggling here because this is like the chapters in a book. If you've ever read them, if you've read, if you've read many books, I, I've read a few. Um, those chapters, you, you know, I don't know how, how many, gosh, how do you even figure out where you start and end a chapter? Uh, I mean, I think I've got a really good plan, but there's been a lot of thought which goes into it. 
uh, for my plan, which is rare for me. I usually don't think about anything. And in fact, you know, when I started this project, I, I hadn't been thinking about it very much. But but here I am. I'm, I'm chapter four. And I think if you're going to have, I don't know how many chapters I'm going to have, maybe like, say like about 22 or something, something along that, that, that lines. I think right now I'm, I don't know how many pages I've got here. Oh, well, chapter four begins on page 19. So that's a good start. Hey, uh, yeah. So, um, I think what I'm probably going to do is, yeah, if I, if this book is uh, four times this length, that'd be 16, five times that length. That'd get me up to like around hundred pages or so. Eh, so about 20 chapters, give or take a chapter or two here or there of which I've only, I mean, what I'm trying to do is delay the really good part of the book to later in the book, you know, because I want people to read and the whole book. And if I just put all the good stuff at the beginning, I think they're going to get bored with the, with a lot of the other stuff in between. And I, I really couldn't respect myself if I wrote a book, which was less than a hundred pages. I mean, then it's not really a book. It's a booklet. And I, I don't want to write a booklet. Well, what did I call it? Oh, I called it an informative text just to, in case I did give up. That's not calling this a book. I was calling it informative text plus a book's, you know, kind of a physical thing. And I don't know if this is ever going to be, <sighs> well, whatever. It's all good. That's what I tend to say. Um, yes, yeah, so you can quote me on that. It's all good. Did I ever tell you the story of it's all good? Yeah, I had a, uh, used to get my hair cut by, oh, what a wonderful lady she was in the, near, near my old place of work. And I'd go in there and, oh, if you're out there, uh, Shay, you know who you are. You know who I am. Her name was Shay. And she's, she moved, she moved from, uh, from beautiful Southwest Ohio to some probably godforsaken place like Texas. Um, or California, even worse. Oh my gosh. Maybe Florida. I don't know. Anyway, Florida's too hot some of the time. But Shay, uh, she had a lot of stories in her life and they all ended with, it's all good. Or basically like this, but it's all good. Um, and she'd say that and I was thinking, wait, hold on. What you told me was kind of like, kind of really not good. And I, at the time, I'm like, I, where did this whole phrase, but it's all good or it's all good. It's all good. Come from, you know, I, especially after you like told something like horrible, uh, you know, like, well, the other day I was uh, driving my old Plymouth and uh, ran over uh, something in the road. I didn't know what it was. Uh, turned out it was an alien and uh, it didn't kill him. That would have been better. Instead, alien he had a he had this little zapper ray thing and i got out to see what i hit there's the alien line there with two broken legs and kind of staring off into his home country of space and making a blurbly sound that's what it really sounded like it sounded like this like that and he had this gun thing uh, i hate to call it a gun because i mean it really wasn't even actually shaped like a gun in the future, guns won't be gun-shaped. I don't know what they're going to be, like a little blob or sphere or something like that. But And I think there was a movie and I had that guy. Oh, man, what was his name in it? But anyway, getting back to the story. So I run over this alien, uh, two dead, two broken legs, staring off into space, making a space, making a blurbly noise. And anyway, 
uh, I'm like, are you okay? Hey, buddy, can I help you? And of course, he doesn't speak our language. And I guess his like little interpreter thing is like down. But he starts to point this object kind of, I don't know what you would call, what shape is this? It's a polyhedron of some sort. Um, he points his polyhedral type shape. And I'm like, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> but, but is it my fault? It's dark. The alien, yeah, you do glow a little bit. But honestly, I'm from um, a place in Tennessee where almost everything glows at night just the way it is. So I'm used to, you know, it's like I see something that's glowing. I'm like, whatever. You know, that's like my house. But I, but I, I could have been, you know, miles from, um, I, and I was indeed. I, indeed, I was miles from my hometown. But, um, but, I, but I knew, I knew if, if it's an alien, and you know what? Often aliens, look, the alien did have some sort of clothing on. So it wasn't like just it. I, it kind of had like, what would you, it's like a parka thing. And, uh, but I could tell, you know, because, because the kind of, well, you know, oh, did I say how many legs it had? It had, it had four. So two broken legs. I think it was in shock at that moment. If it, if aliens can go into shock. Um, anyway, so, it, but I knew it was kind of just to pardon my language, but it was kind of pissed. It was pissed that I broke it. I wasn't intentional. So it points the polyhedra thing at my uh, polyhedral object at the, at the, at me. Um, and I'm like, I don't want any part of this. So I duck out of the way and sure enough, out comes this, um, horrendous, uh, kind of purplish orange ray thing, uh, shooting out of that polyhedral. Um, it, I, I'm guessing it's some sort of energy ray. Oh man. And you know, what's amazing. What's really cool about, alien technology is it's got some sort of setting where like you think if you're going to shoot a ray of energy out it, it likely will just destroy everything right you know it, it, but somehow i'm thinking there's some sort of nanobot technology in these that the aliens have so it's not really an energy ray but it's like a projected stream of nanobots anyway well the well the nanobot stream or whatever the heck that thing was it just envelops the whole Plymouth. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and for a second, the Plymouth is there. It's kind of like there, but you can see it's kind of like starting to not be there. And you guys all saw the Avengers. So, you know, that scene where like, you know, at the end of uh, whatever it was, uh, Infinity War or something like that, where all these people get zapped off into nothingness. You know, they start, you know, they kind of like kind of turn into like some kind of like, I was really disturbed by that scene because like the people, they were kind of turning into these little black flakes of something. And it reminded me of something is like, God, it looks like kind of like flaky mold. What is this? What, what, why, you know, or burnt paper or something. I mean, I'm guessing that's what they were going for. Some sort of, you know, they kind of blew away in the wind. Like there was nothing there. Um, and then for like old Spider-Man, it was like really painful for most, for most people didn't hurt. I don't, I just don't get that. But, but Spider-Man, I mean, maybe it's cause he's a kid or whatever. It seemed like it took longer and he didn't find it very pleasant. Um, but it wasn't any, just gonna say it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't anything. Like, it was like the Plymouth was there and then, um, or maybe it was a Buick. 
it was it was definitely in Plymouth. So Plymouth's there. And then uh, the uh, do you remember that there was a car cars that were called Eagles? Um, and uh, the only real car Eagle had was Eagle Talon. I never I wonder if those are any of those about. Let me Google that really quick while I while I get back to the story here. But I've really got to know. And I, I got my computer right here, which is really convenient uh, down in the pit. You know, the it's not the pit of despair. I was thinking about pit of despair, but that's been used. But if I'm going to call something something, I'm going to call it the depths of despair. Why not? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. These are, I mean, it's a basement. And it's underground because it's a basement. But it's real nice. It's kind of, it's a little bit cool. You know, I mean, I'm not going to make this into some sort of like prison or something like that. I like hanging out of here. And the last thing I want is, you know, screams and moans of prisoners around here, you know, begging for mercy or something. And I'm not like that anyway. I'm not going to do that. An Eagle Talon here. Type it in old Google here. Eagle Talon. Oh, yeah. Eagle. Oh, a 1995. It's a sports car. Oh, yeah. You know, it was ahead of its time. Kind of. It looks a whole lot like uh, one of those old Pontiacs. It's a nice looking one. Uh, Kelly Blue Book. Um, is a two-door, two-plus-two, front door, front wheel drive, or all-wheel drive. They had all-wheel drives. Man, 1990 to 1998. Five-speed manual. I wonder if you can still get that. Who makes 1995 Eagle Talon? That's kind of a stupid question. Hey, who makes a 1995 Eagle Talon? Well, nobody's making it anymore. Why do they put things like this on the internet? Oh, here's one. How much is a 1996 Eagle Talon worth? What? Oh, wow. You can get one for 690 bucks based on vehicle condition, mileage, and options. Or as much as 4085 These things are going to be worth a huge amount. I'd, I'd sink my money into Eagle Talons if I was you. Just saying. Uh, maybe you don't have to. Wow, 18 minutes. Okay, well, so that's about it for me in this um, this this episode. I didn't even take a break. Uh, that's what happens when it's been a long time. Oh, no. Here he comes. Just be ready. He's. You can hear him breathing in and breathing out. I didn't know that. He, oh, gosh. Prepare. Ah! Ah, okay. Well, you were warned. And uh, what would be an episode of the Dr. Despair Show without an Orca Boy scream? Um, I apologize. I really do. Uh, the new microphone, by the way, which was a gift from one of my uh, one of my one of my listeners. Um, I hope it sounds good. I haven't tried this thing out, and I really, really should have checked, done a sound check or something like that before I started recording this one. But anyway, good friends, good pals. Friends of the show, if you're a person of faith, say a prayer for St. Helena. And you can just say, you can just use St. Helena because I think God's going to figure it out. Um, I'll try and do this more regularly. I think it's going to be more from this microphone and from down here in the depths of despair. Uh, so, um, and if you like this po podcast, go ahead, tell a friend about it. I'm going to try and like make some cards that I can pass out and hand to people and say, listen to my podcast, <sighs> you know, and I'm not even asking for money anymore until I've come up with a whole branding concept. I mean, why even seriously, why bother? I mean, honestly, I, 266, that's how much I got from this podcast so far, $2 and 66 cents. Um, yeah, I think it's time. It's time. It's time to move on. Uh, one can't just like continue a dream that just ain't working out. 
And with that said, you know, chin up, buddy. Um, That's what I can say. Yeah, that's right. That's my message to everybody. Chin up, buddy. See ya. Bye. The Dr. Despair podcast has been brought to you by Dr. Despair with the voice talent of Dr. Despair. Written, produced, directed, and starring Dr. Despair. The opinions of Dr. Despair belong to Dr. Despair and no one else. Unless they also share those opinions. But that's their business. Dr. Despair is not responsible for anything. Ever. And takes no responsibility. And his advice is not professional. He's not a lawyer. He's not a doctor. And he's not making any sort of engineering recommendations. Thank you for listening to Dr. Despair and being a Dr. Despair listener. Goodbye.